Hey everybody, this is Eric Paschal. Trying to still the camera. There we go. We're doing a little uh, uh, basement podcast from the emotional empowerment movement. Uh, I don't have my crew around and um, I'm full of inspiration to share and to come to you. Once again, thank you for showing up for us. Uh, you may have seen my post on Facebook. You may have gotten an email. If you haven't, uh, certainly subscribe on our website and you'll be getting our emails about um, Will Smith and what happened at the Oscars. Before I start talking about that, let me explain how we do things and where we come from. Um, we're not here to judge anybody. Uh, we don't think we're better than anybody. In fact, I would say that I'm probably more problematic and troubled and struggled more than most people. Um, so when we talk about somebody, if there is somebody we're talking about, we're really not talking about that somebody. The, the, the focus is on the philosophy we're teaching and the subject matter, not on the person. So um, the last thing in the world we would do here at EEM is be judgmental, cast upon judgment. I mean, we're just, we're just so not about that at all. In fact, uh, the more fucked up you are, the more welcome you are to hang out with us. So we don't come from that space. However, from uh, time to time, and more than that, we'll use public figures or even letters I have. I change up people's names and et cetera. Again, it's not to judge them. It's to talk about the philosophy of the emotional empowerment movement and help us all learn about how it, um, how it can be utilized in our lives. And of course, how we in our lives misuse philosophy and thoughts, emotions, uh, the ideas and definitions of things. So, you know, I don't watch the Oscars. Uh, I don't watch the news much. I mean, I mean, very just enough to be able to kind of like um, relate to what people are telling me and what troubles them. Um, part of what troubles them is watching this shit uh, because we are living somehow, some way vicariously through all these other people and it's safer and uh, it's significantly unhealthy, but that's a whole other podcast. For now, the other night I was about to go to bed. I was watching some sports on YouTube and a feed came up and um, it was Will Smith slaps Chris Rock. So it's like, oh shit. Definitely, I'm not above wanting to see that, like, what happened? And I'm watching it. And to be honest, I'm, I'm not really like, I mean, he gets up there and he slaps him, whatever. And I'm just cracking up because um, I, see, I see this every day. I mean, people are um, out of control. That's why we're doing the emotional empowerment movement. That's what this whole movement is about. It's about uh, utilizing your emotions in a way that promotes joy and health, happiness, and love for you. Um, instead of having your emotions use you, where you get embarrassed in front of 15 million people and all your peers. Uh, relationships are ruined, addictions are hatched, all that stuff. So 
I'm watching this, and to tell you the truth, like, I mean, let's just talk about the gangster part first and get this out of the way. Just in case, like, you're watching this and you're like, oh, I don't, I don't, you know, I'm not interested. And, you know, I think Will Smith is, he, he should have slapped him harder and all this stuff. So let's go gangster. If we're going gangster, Will Smith, um, in my opinion, uh, did a poor job of doing that because you walk up on stage, you ball up your fist, and you knock a motherfucker out. That's what you do if you're going to do that. To give someone a slap where you don't even make them fall over and fall back, um, he failed that way. So if you are a street thug and you happen to turn this on, uh, and you're all for street thuggedness, uh, that's a fail too. So he didn't do a good job of that. Um, so what did inspire me to talk was not that he acted out. We all act out. And again, I'm not here to cast judgment on any given day and any given moment. I could do much worse. So it's not about that. It was actually what really hooked me. I was kind of chuckling when all that happened. I wasn't even sure if it was real, just like many of you. But then he took the award. And again, this isn't about judging him. This is about analyzing what was said and making sure you and I aren't under the same illusions or delusions. He got up there and he started talking about being a protector. And um, I was listening to that and I'm thinking, okay, well, you know, I mean, who am I to argue with people's personal beliefs? You think you're protecting your woman or whatever you're doing. There's a whole litany of stuff we could talk about there. But again, I'm not there. I don't know their marriage. There's all kinds of information about her and cheating on him and having, you know, all kinds of, all kinds of stuff. And I don't know anything about that. And I haven't heard her speak. So I don't know. I don't care. And I love you, as a friend of mine says all the time. I don't know, I don't care, and I love you. So don't know, don't care, don't love, and love you. But as I'm watching this and just being entertained and not thinking much about anything except how this whole world is insane, which is not news to me, nor should it be news to you. The first thing that triggered me, it's kind of backwards. He's talking about the protector, but the first thing that, that triggered me in the way of like, whoa, I need to talk about this is this is a commonly held belief. He said these words exactly. Love can make you do crazy things. And I just went, ah, shit. We've got to talk about this. Because the whole world's watching. And many, many, many people feel this way. But this is not a fact, my friends. So we're now not talking about will just in case, because got just a couple emails and feedback on Facebook. So you're, you know, how could you be talking about love and you're judging? And again, I'm not. So let's talk about this idea. Love makes you do crazy things. If you're at home, wherever you're at, and you're listening to this, you know, think about it. Has love made you do crazy things? You might say, yeah, yeah, love's made me do crazy things. You know, I, uh, I screamed and yelled. I get frustrated. Um, I I block everybody out. 
I bring everybody in. I make quick decisions. I get impulsive. Whatever it is that you say love makes you do that's crazy, I'm here to begin a conversation or continue one with many of you that follow me about this misnomer. Love does not make you crazy. Attachment does. Now, the problem that we face in society about this is that people innocently, mistakenly believe attachment to be love. That's why there's all these love songs and love hurts, love heals, love does this, love does that. All of those things truly and really aren't about love. Those are about attachment. Now, what is attachment? Attachment is the, the link, the chain that binds me or you to a person, place, or thing. Attachment is about how that person, place, or thing makes us feel. That's not love. Attachment is how that person, let's just take away the places and things right now, that person makes me feel this way. That's attachment. Love is, I feel this way regardless of what other people make me feel. So attachment is preferential. So we say these words often. We'll say, I love you. And if I were to ask you, why do you love your mom, your dad, your brother, your sister, a friend, a rock star, whatever the hell it is, Will Smith, Chris Rock, why do you love that person? You would give me a list. And that list might have all your favorite qualities. And at the end of the day, the end of the list, what you're really saying is, I love all these things. I love all these qualities, these characteristics. I love how they make me feel. This person embodies those things. You might say, well, what's wrong with that? Well, what's wrong with it is as soon as that person no longer embodies those things, no longer makes you feel a certain way, you don't love them anymore. That's why you all talk about, oh, I'm in love. I, I love my husband, but I need a divorce. I love my wife, but I need a divorce. I love them so much, but I'm not in love. In love is the cray. It's the crazy shit. You want to feel a certain way. So what you love about a person is how they make you feel. And it's all surrounded by these it's all surrounded by these possessive pronouns, me, my, I. I love my kids. It's a great example. You love your kids. You tell me a list of why you love them, but the number one reason the only one is my because there's an attachment. If they weren't yours, you wouldn't love them. Because if you still would love them and they weren't yours, that means you would love all kids the same way. You have a different responsibility to yours, but you feel the same way about your neighbor's kids as you do your own. That's love. Loving your kids and not the neighbors is attachment. So attachment is the bind. It has the feeling of love, but what separates it from love is the possessiveness, the I, the me, the my, 
the selfishness. So when he says, Will Smith, love made me do this crazy thing. Love didn't make you do that. Your attachment made you do that. And attachment is the same thing as addiction. It gets in your head and it makes you do crazy things. You're obsessed about whatever you're addicted to. You can't let it go. You can't let it down. Anything that threatens it, you will do all you can to protect it. With love, it needs no protection. You don't need to protect anything with love. Love is. Love is an identification. It's a universal identification. So that you see everyone the same way as you see anyone. Meaning that you love everybody, not just individually. So you might say, oh, wow, that's wild. I can't do that. I'm not saying I can do it. It's why we don't judge. And I'm sure if I could do it, I'd really not judge. But that's what love is about. So Will says, love makes you do crazy things. No, it doesn't. Love makes you poised. Love makes you clear. Love makes you kind. Love makes you forgiving. Love makes you patient. Love makes you accepting. Love gives you empathy, compassion. Attachment makes you impulsive, aggressive, defensive, protective. Attachment makes you agitated. Attachment makes you worried. Attachment is what gives us anxiety. If you, if you love the people in your life, you don't worry about them. You worry about them if you're attached. See, many of you don't know this. I do because I was plagued by addiction when I was younger. If you have yourself some good cocaine, if you have yourself some good pills, some weed, whatever the hell you're attached to, you will hold on to it. You will protect it. You will always, your thoughts, even when it's not near you, you'll be thinking about it. What's happening to it? Oh my God, I hope no one finds it. I hope no one takes it. I hope it doesn't go bad. I need more. Where am I going to get more? That's how you think of love. That's not love. That's madness. It's absolute and utter madness. First words out of parents' mouths all the time. It's like, I'm worried about my kids. I'm worried about my kids. You sound like a coke fiend, a heroin addict. Why are you worried? Love doesn't make you worry. Attachment does. You worry because whatever happens to them feels like it's happening to you because you cannot live without them. Or whoever is the apple of your eye. That's what happened. So Will, brother, and all Will supporters, it's like, I, I got nothing bad to say about the guy. I'm just saying he came out and said those words. You got it wrong, man. And that's, that's huge. Because if you believe attachment to be love, then you feel justified in doing your cray-cray shit. That's why we're talking about this. You actually feel justified in all the crazy things you do surrounding love because it's for love. Does it sound familiar to some of you? Familiar to something else?
What happens when you're attached to politics? You do cray-cray stuff, all in the name of your political affiliation. What if you're attached to God or religion? You do cray-cray stuff, all in the name, all justified in your religion. And if you're listening to this still, then you understand, wow, mind blow. This is why people are doing these things. Over one misperception, love versus attachment. And attachment is personal. It's selfish, egoistic, all those things. So if I'm attached to my wife and you say something to my wife, it's like saying something to me. I'm gonna get up and show you, you know, talk to me, her that way. Love is impersonal. So you can say anything you want. Like for those of you that are still stuck and are just so fucked that you can't get this out of your head, but somehow you're listening to me because you want to write me some shitty letters or you, you want to argue or something. If you, if you think Chris Rock insulted Chris, uh, if you think Chris Rock insulted Will Smith, I, an insult is something you choose to pick up. Like you might say he was inappropriate. He was in the wrong. He should have ever talked about his wife. He should have never done this. Fine. But again, the ideal is if there's love, then you laugh at that. You see a child saying stupid things. Do you go and slap a child in the face because they say something mean or don't smile back at you or say, I don't like you? You know how kids are all the time. You know, I remember I was, I was in a jacuzzi. I can't believe I'm remembering this. It was years ago. I was younger. I'm in a jacuzzi. And this kid points to my armpits and he's like, ew, they're so hairy. Do I, do I slap the shit out of this kid because he insulted me? I cracked up the things that come out of kids' mouths. So let's say Chris Rock should have never said that. It's a child. So big deal. But the reason why we're talking about this is twofold. Because one, Will believes himself to be an adult. He said it. He basically said it all. He believes himself to be special because as I'm looking at my iPad, because I wanted to get this right, and write it down. He says, I am overwhelmed by what God is calling me to do and be in this world. Yeah, well, no wonder he's slapping Chris Rock because if God called me and said, hey man, I want you to do this and be that, that's a lot of pressure. I'd be on edge, probably would slap people. I'm being called on in my life to love people and protect people and be a river to my people. Really? Really? So, so okay, maybe you are. And then you say, and I failed tonight, which took you a day or two and all your agents, your managers, your lawyers, and everybody else to tell you to say, because you done fucked up and we're going to take the wrath, which you shouldn't, because no matter what you did, you shouldn't be canceled. You shouldn't be judged and screamed at. That's bullshit. That's the society. It ain't emotional empowerment movement. We do not do that. People do things 
that are not helpful, that are hurtful, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And they are also inconsistent with what their beliefs are. That's all okay. But he did not, he did not come to that realization till later on. If he came to it himself at all, I do not know. He says, to what we do, you got to be able to take abuse and have people disrespect you. Bullshit. You don't, that's the whole point. To do what you do, you have to take abuse and have people disrespect you. What do you care about what people say about you? That's disrespecting and abusing yourself. What abuse do you have to take? That's a choice. You're choosing to get abused? Well, then I wouldn't do that. What in the world is worth getting abused for? So he's talking this talk and actually getting up there and basically saying, God's called me, says this, God has called me to protect all of you and I'm a victim. And we know from the EEM book where victimhood takes you. I want to be a vessel for love. Okay. Okay. Now we know what he wants. I want to be an ambassador for that kind of love and care and concern. He was referencing the character he was playing. Okay. Then he wants to apologize. So this is why I'm talking. Because then something tells him he needs to apologize for his behavior. But who does he apologize to? his real God, the Academy, and his fellow nominees, actors and actresses. See, when you put a false God at the top of your list and you serve that God, things do not go well. Things don't go well at all. And that's what happened. Finally, he says, I now look like the crazy father I played. And then he says, but love will make you do those crazy things. Says it again. It's unfortunate that in the midst of our entanglement, that the ego gets in our way so much so that we can't on the spot recognize, oh boy, we blew it, and humble ourselves, surrender, and apologize the right way. I am not saying what he should and should not do. I'm saying what you and I need to do. When we make mistakes and we're busted for it, when we blow it big time, we need to come clean immediately. We need to humble ourselves. And it's that kind of authenticity and transparency. It's that kind of truth that inspires forgiveness, where people can identify and wrap your arms around one another and say, man, yeah, it's okay. That's where healing comes from. It doesn't come from denial. It doesn't come from blame. It doesn't come from entitlement. It doesn't come from victimization. Healing comes from authenticity, transparency, and truth. You blew it. A lot's going on for that guy, obviously. Because think about it this way. The fact that you watching or listening to me, 
the fact that you're in my life one way or another, I'm conscious of that and I uphold a certain level of integrity and consciousness with my behavior because I know you're watching. And that's a favor that you're doing for me. It's not pressure, it's purpose. I can be a real asshole. I can be terrible to myself and others. But if you're watching me, if you're in my life and I'm holding a space to be a leader, a teacher or whatever, I, I hold that in the highest regard. It helps me uplift my entire being. It's not being fake. It's being who I actually want to be. Unfortunately, when you're away, I can't uphold that so much. And that's my struggle. I, I want to be the person you see, not the other person that I see more of. That's my work. Might be your work in your fields as well. It's not being phony. But what I'm saying is that means that if I do mess up, I'm inspired to own that immediately. I'm inspired to say, this is, this is me. I blow it sometimes. It can be great sometimes. What Will Smith did in front of everybody doesn't define his total life, his character, and his being. I've worked with him before. He's a sweet, sweet guy. At least he was to me. And I've heard he's a sweet guy to lots of other people. The philosophy he talks about, all of that stuff is very real. But when you begin to believe your own bullshit, that's where this can lead you. When you believe that a God singled you out and called you. When you're involved in a relationship that isn't working, I don't know what's going on, but I know I was just reading something about how she's belittled him and uh, embarrassed him in front of people. And I, you know, I don't know what's true or not, but I know that even if you believe that and you think, he was called because he was laughing at the joke at first and he was called to like stand up for her because he's she's humiliated him and he doesn't stand up to her so he's going to stand up for her whatever it is it's like bro you're caught in dysfunction and we've all been there and what we have to do is we have to arrest it as quickly as we can so once again, something so seemingly innocent, like a misconception of what a word means, can create catastrophic consequences. And our responsibility as human beings is to really know what the fuck we're talking about. Look, knowing what you're talking about does not equate to living it automatically, not at all. And that's okay. It doesn't make us a hypocrite. It makes us human. There's a long road between knowing and doing. Between inspiration, excuse me, information and transformation. There's a long road. And so what we aim to do here at the Emotional Empowerment Movement is to make sure that we weigh our words. That we, at the very least, know what we're saying so it can lead us to knowing what we're really doing. Having that strength, having that awareness, even when making mistakes. This is a subject that I've written about many times. 
that we talk about in workshops, retreats, trainings, and immersions. If you want to hear more about it, write me and let me know. Eric at emotionalempowerment.com or info at emotionalempowerment.com. There's, there's, there's something important to end this with, and that is that from hearing what I said, you still don't know about this topic. This is 28 minutes according to my phone and 30 seconds starting now. And 28 minutes in, you need, you need more than 28 hours or 28 days. It's more like maybe 28 months of intensive study just on this one particular topic to see what a virus attachment is, to see how it kills, how it destroys families, partnerships, relationships, how it destroys societies, communities, all in the name of thinking it's love. So we'll talk about it some more. And for now, I'll bid you adieu and tell you I love you as much as I know how to love and thank you for tuning in. Signing off, EP with EEN.